This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 209. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Are you finding it a hard time to follow what episode it is now that we're not doing the quiz based off of the number of games? Because I sure as hell am. Yes. Um. I. By the way, peek behind the curtain. I think you've been one ahead when you put them in the Dropbox. I think you put like 209 <laughs> last week, but this I'm fairly positive that this is episode 209. I think the listener might honestly know better than we do at this point. <laughs> That's how pathetic we are. Well, what episode is it? I don't know, 200 something or other. Oh boy. Uh, you asked how I'm doing. I'm okay. I did a lot of drywalling, so I might cough and sneeze a lot today because I'm not really good at installing drywall. Okay. Um, and I had to like cut a bunch of random pieces to fit there. Anyways, it was a, a gong show, and I've, I inhaled more dust than ended up on the wall. I'm pretty sure. That's never good. We don't like that for anybody. <laughs> no. So that's my day. How was your day? Pretty good. Do you know what I did? I did something fun yesterday. I don't know if you've ever done this before. You ever go axe throwing? I have not. It was so fun. Uh, so they opened this place up in Farmingdale. Um, and I went, it was me and the fam. I'm off this week. So, uh, I was around, they were looking for something to do. And I was like, let's do that. Why not? It's, it's only like eight months old. It's relatively new. Um, and it was so much fun. Like I thought like, uh, eh, you know, it's just something to do, but I had a blast, man. There was like the regular, like, okay, you're trying to hit on a target. And then there was like a tic-tac-toe kind of game or connect four. It was really cool. That sounds like a blast. I'm worried about when you throw it. You've seen those videos. You throw it and it bounces back at you like full on, you know, Tomahawk styles. You're like, oh, God, no. Yeah, luckily that did not happen. Um, although the guy made us feel real comfortable. He goes, yeah, we've been, in, you know, we've been here for eight months. Just had our first injury last week. <laughs> it's supposedly <laughs> someone uh, you're supposed to like throw it like from over your head and throw down. And yeah. uh, when he put it back over his head, he stuck it in the back of his head. Oh, that is not a good thing to do. Because so he had to, well, you don't need to dissect that. That sounds gross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Gross. Well, people watch out when you're throwing axes. It shouldn't be something I have to say. <laughs> there you go. So before we get started, Mitch, we have uh, a little word to talk about now. Attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston, and from Nunavut to what's the furthest point south in North America? Chile, I think. Could be. Sounds there. right. Do we have a pube problem? We just might. Mm. If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Oh, oh, oh. Kick your pubes. To the next planet. Don't do that. That's kind of bad. Um, with the Performance Package 4.0, just put them in the garbage like a regular person. Or can you put that in the recycling, in, in like the compost? Ew. Uh, 
<laughs> you what, what you, you going through your your compost like wow that apple i inside the corner maybe i can plant a tree come on <laughs> oh boy we're off the rails yeah the orbit in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in the male grooming and female grooming join the two million men worldwide and women who trust manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code FANSIDED, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, 20. So that's FANSIDED20 to get 20% off and free shipping on any Manscaped product. I highly recommend you get the Manscaped 4.0 lawnmower if you don't already have it. I love it. You, it's a it's in the mix. You got to use it, you know, Whenever you whenever you got to take care of business, you use that and it goes very smoothly from uh, my own experience. Absolutely. Look, we're all adults here. Like, use use it. You you have an area to maintain. Maintain it. Whether you are <laughs> cisgendered or not, use it. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. Yes, exactly. So we have I was going to say a busy episode to get into because uh, we do have <laughs> we have a lot of things on our list to talk about, but busy kind of doesn't sound like the right word because it is like crickets right now in hockey world. So, um we're going to do the we're going to make the most of it. And I think what we're going to do today is go through the division and look at, you know, the Islanders opponents who they're going to play a lot and look at how their rosters turned over. Maybe spend a little extra time on Columbus and Carolina cuz it's been a little while since we've seen them because they weren't in the Islanders division last year. So uh, let's start this thing off, Mitch, and and work from the top and work our way down. Who do you want to get into first? Uh, let Let's start from I, I don't know if it's alphabetical. I have it in semi semi alphabetical order, and I have Columbus as the first one. Okay, so the Columbus Blue Jackets. Are you expecting them to be competitive? The biggest moves this off season, like what what what's going on here? Uh, so let's. I'm using cap friendly depth charts. So they they've tweeted out. Every team, except for a few, uh, one of them being the Islanders, because we don't know who's in and who's out. Anyways, they're tweeting roster turnovers and who's coming in, who's gone out. So for the Columbus Blue Jackets, in uh, Yakov Voracek, Sean Corrali, Zach Ronaldo, Adam Bokus, Jake Bean. So that's offense and then defense. Uh, and then you have out, I believe, Adam Bokus is a defenseman. Out, Cam Atkinson. Ryan McKinnis, Zach Delpe, Cole Sherwood, Stefan Matteau, Seth Jones, Michael Delzato. I forgot Michael Delzato was there. Yeah, well, that's but, I mean, yeah, like, not that it's a big thing, but um, I don't know that they don't scream like they're going to be competitive this year. Well, they they weren't last year, right? And yes, you can maybe look at their division, but you look at that roster and you go like, woof, and then you lose. Seth Jones and Cam Atkinson. Like I'm not going to say Cam Atkinson was an all-star player, but I, did he actually go to an all-star game? I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, but he he's a pretty good top six player. And Seth Jones, you know, he's got his flaws, but he's a top pair defenseman for them, or was. And they didn't really bring anyone in to replace him, I would say. You know, say what you will about Jake Bean, but he's not a top pl- top end no. defenseman yet. Maybe they're hoping that Adam Boquist turns into that. I think that's a big ask. Uh, he, he hasn't really looked the part in Chicago, at least. No, exactly. And then you got Jacob Voracek coming in. That's okay. Like, in terms of one-for-one one swap for, for Cam Atkinson, all right, fine. But I, I do not expect... Plus, they got a new coach, right, as well, so... They're, they're going to be expecting a lot from guys like Patrick Liney, who didn't necessarily give them a lot last year. No, yeah, he needs a resurgence in 2021, uh, especially because it's a contract year again for him. So uh, he, I'm, I'm sure he wants to cash in. Yeah, exactly. Not stay at the 7.5, although, you know, that's still fine. Uh, do they even have a first-line center? Right, like uh, Max Domi at this point, and he wants out, is their top-line center as far as I can tell. Yeah, um, or J- Jack Roslevic? No, right? Like, Jack Roslevic is a m- maybe second. They, he might be forced into top-line center. He might be. And if that's your top-line center, with all due respect to Jack Roslevic, eesh, eesh, things are not going to go well for you. Because no. Jack Roslevic is not a top-line center. I don't, I don't think so. He did have a good year last year, 34 points in 48 games. 
Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and he's a, a top uh, or first round pick, late first round, if I remember correctly. So, like, there's potential there. Uh, but to say that he's going to be our top line center, ooh, okay, fine. Like, you could put anyone in your top line. Uh, but I, I I doubt that he's going to be the, the, their solution down the middle. Yeah, I would probably, I would, yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised there. Um, definitely, you know, a career year for him so far in 2020, 2021, he'd have to take another step. He is, he's 24. I don't know how much more of a step he's going to take at this point in his career. You would think he's there no? Yeah, that's it. Like, I think he could take another step, but that would be, I, I guess it's not really him taking another step. It's be the players around him taking a step forward, right? Like if he's playing on a line with Patrick Line and Jacob Voracek, all right, well, maybe they can then get him above where he was. Uh, but then if either of those players leave, which is a very likely possibility in Columbus, um, that that kind of torpedoes whatever potential he's got. Yeah, and I don't I don't love either of their goalies either. Corpusalo didn't have a good year at all. And Merzlikens, like, is he going to be your number one? I would, I would imagine so. He's got the potential to maybe be a number one, but who knows, right? Yeah, so clearly a, a, a lot has to break right for them to be competitive this year. That's right. Uh, so let's go on to the next team in, in Carolina. And, and again, I'm using cat-friendly depth charts here. That their, their Twitter account has tweeted all these things out. And for most teams, you can get everything done in one tweet, ins and outs. Not for Carolina, though. No, they have a lot. Right? In, Derek Stepan, Josh Levo, Stefan Nosin. That's forwards. Defense, Ethan Bear, Ian Cole, Tony D'Angelo, Brendan Smith, Jalen Chatfield, Eric Jedina. On, uh, in, in between the sticks, or I guess the pipes, pipes. Frederick Anderson, Auntie Ranton, Alex Lyon. Do you have the out one, or do you want me yeah, to open that one? Yeah, I got it. The out is Brock McGinn, Warren Fogle, Morgan Geeky, Cedric Paquette, Sheldon Rempel. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, Jake Bean, Yanni Hackenpah, Peter Morazic, James Reiner, and Alex Nodelkovic. There you go. That's... I don't know what to think of Carolina, man. I, I really don't know what to think of them. I would think that they got a little bit worse, but I think that they are still a, a team that's going to be fighting for the playoffs. I'd, I'd have to imagine so, right? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be... As good as they were last year, who, who knows what happens between the pipes because goaltending is voodoo, but you lose a guy who probably could have been in the, in the Vezina Trophy finalist within Alex Nedeljkovic, and you just lose him for no reason, right? Like, yep. this was an RFA. They just, they traded him because, like, oh, we're not going to sign you because we, we're not giving you the money you want, which wasn't much considering what he gave you. Yeah. Um, and they bring in Frederick Anderson who let's be honest didn't have the greatest go in Toronto right no. he had a pretty good team behind him and still didn't have a good go no and what is anti Ranta at this point in his career there's a, like there, that's the thing they brought in guys that have potential but that's the thing you're not bringing in a guy like yes that's going to be our number one starter and he's going to put up number one starter numbers it's possible but my god I'm not betting on it and no. then you look at the moves they made on the blue line, and you're going, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's definitely questionable. Um, there's guys that I like, like Slavin's phenomenal. They still have him. Brady Shea's a good player. Have him. Jake Gardner's still there. Um, Ian Cole at 32. Don't know how much he has left in the tank. Don't I, I can tell you, not a fan of the Anthony D'Angelo signing. I don't think that was wise to do. I I don't know. I, I would by looking at this roster, there's still a lot of really solid players. So I think they're gonna be good, but I don't they were like a top three team in the league last year. I don't think they're gonna be that again this year. I, I yeah, I'm not I'm not thinking that's a possibility either. I I know Tony D'Angelo forgetting all the crap he's done, uh, which is not something we should do, but j just for the sake of argument, and, and this argument here is that it's clear they brought in Tony D'Angelo to replace Dougie Hamilton, and I don't know if that's going to work for them. No, 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 he can't. D Dougie Hamilton's in a different stratosphere, and yes, we've seen Tony D'Angelo put up points, but is he 
close defensively? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's not even wow, is he even a defenseman? Like, yes, he plays on the blue line, but that there the word defense is doing a lot of heavy lifting on his title because he's not doing any of that. No. No, absolutely not. So uh he's on a prove it deal, but he's gotta get his act together first. Yeah, he's on a don't be a locker room cancer prove it deal. So like I don't I don't understand how you got another a third second chance, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, I still think that they should be comp- I, I think they'll be competitive. I, I would anticipate them being a playoff team next year. Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to be like a bubble team. Of course, things could go very well, right? Like the goalies could start playing out of their mind. Tony D'Angelo could be a 60 point player, maybe. Uh, and that, that kind of you know helps them a little bit. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, next on the list, the New Jersey Devils. Um, so in Thomas Tatar, Chase DeLeo, Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, Christian Yaros, and Jonathan Bernier. Out, Nathan Bashan, Nick Merkley, Nikhail Maltsev, Brett Sini, Will Butcher, oof, Ryan Murray, Matt Tennyson, Connor Carrick, and Aaron Dell. A lot of change. A lot of change. Obviously, bringing in Dougie Hamilton helps. Of right? course. Like, you didn't have that beforehand. Now you do. You got a guy that can pop in probably 15 from the blue line. That's insane. Uh, but but I think if the New Jersey Devils are going to get better, it's not necessarily with the additions they've made. It's with the young kids that they've already got, like the Jack Hughes type thing. Yeah, I think, and spoiler, in the social segment, we're, I, I want to talk about breakout candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might need a, a, a bigger step from guys like that. I agree. I don't think they've gotten worse. Like I think they they are going to be a better team, but I don't look at them as a team that's close to competing yet. No, I think they still got some learning to do. But keep in mind, they didn't have uh, Nico Heischer, which is their number one center, for most of the year last year. He played 21 games because of injury. That's true. Uh, So having him for a full year should help them. Um, can he get back to that like 50 plus point pace that he had in his rookie year? You'd hope so. Um, and, and to do that, he's going to need his full complement of, of wingers around him. Uh, having Thomas Tatar there is going to help, but I, I don't know. Yeah. They, they definitely need Jack Hughes to take a step in the right direction. He did last year near in the second half. He did. Um, and getting Dougie Hamilton helps, but there's a lot more going on here for, um, for New Jersey. Guys like Sharon Govich are going to help if, if they keep moving in the way they're going. Right. But they're going to need more. Of course. They, they, again, I think they're a team that's trending in the right direction. Like, there are guys on this team that I like. Even like bringing in uh, Tatar at the price that they got him, I think was a, a shrewd move that went a little under the radar. Um, I just don't, when you look at this division, it's it's a tight division at the top. I don't think they're close yet. No, I I don't think so either. I, I think they maybe finish like sixth type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so not at the bottom, but not not too far out. It's not going to be an embarrassing year for them, I would imagine, assuming they're young players that you know need to take that step up, start, start taking that step up. Yeah, agree. Uh, next are the New York Rangers. Boo. <laughs> Roster turnover in Barkley Goodrow, Ryan Reeves, Sammy Bled, Dryden Hunt, Greg McKay, Patrick Nemeth, Jared Tenorti. There's a clear theme here. Out, Pavel Buknevich, Colin Blackwell, Brett Howden, Phil DiGiuseppe, Brendan Smith, and the aforementioned Tony D'Angelo. I don't like their offseason. Like, taking taking the bias out of it, like, I'm trying my best to take bias out of it here. I don't know what they're doing. Well, I do. I just don't agree with what they're doing. I thought they were building something good here and something that was going to be a little bit scary. And then they completely blow it up because Tom Wilson got in their head. And I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, if all they did was brought in Barkley Goodrow, even at the price it did, I don't necessarily mind. They needed to get, you know, tougher. They needed to get um, harder to play against. That's for sure. And I don't mind some of the moves that they did to do that. But they went hard into that that lane, that way harder than they needed to go. 
and it's just kind of like guys you, you don't need to go yeah get a couple of guys that are more sandpaper but you don't go all in on that like they gave up a draft a guy, pick for ryan reeves i i, I know I, I you lose pavel buknevich in the pavel buknevich is a serviceable player guys He's good that's a good top six player and you're just like now we're good we need we need more barkley goodrow and ryan reeves the heck are you doing guys what are you doing i don't know um i like barkley goodrow a lot would i have given him that kind of term i don't i can't say that i would have but i if they, it means you have to move pavel buknevich because of it no thank you i agree i would have rather kept pavel buknevich at that point you're right yeah I do like Jared Chinardi on the blue line. I think okay. that works for them, right? Big, tall, tough guy. Think of like Scott Mayfield-esque, right? Not as good, I would imagine. But still, uh, he, he can play that role-ish. Maybe not on the PK, but I think you're getting where I'm going with this, is that he can be a tougher yeah. player to play against out there. He's 6'6", 225. He's a big dude. <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they still have some work to do. They they do, but they've got all the top end pieces, right? Like they've got the Panarin, they've got the Zibanejad. I assume we'll see if this Jack Eichel thing comes through, right? They've got the billboard out, so you, I guess that guarantees it. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it, it worked for us, right? So it's got to work for them. Uh, we'll we'll see what comes of that. I don't think Jack Eichel's going to New York as much as they want him to. I don't think he's going to end up there. No, I I don't anticipate that happening either. No, it's probably going to be like L.A. or something like that. That I could see. I could see him out in L.A. They've got the pieces. They've got the cap space. And then the Sabres have to face him twice a year instead of him coming back like four or five times a year. I mean, not five, but four. Ooh, three to four times. That's no, they're not going to want that. No. Yeah. If he does go anywhere, I think it'll be to a West Coast team. Yeah. Uh, Next, Flyers, roster turner. So sorry, with the Rangers, we talked about playoffs for the other ones. Is it a playoff team for you? I think they finished fifth. I think they finished okay. just outside. So we're like bubble team with them. Them in Carolina kind of like bouncing for in and out type of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I would put Carolina four and Rangers five, I think. Perfect. Flyers in Cam Atkinson, Nate Thompson, Gerald Mayu, uh, Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, Nick Sealer, Martin Jones, out, Jakub Vorchek, Nolan Patrick, Carson Twarinski. Oh, I almost screwed that one up. Philip Myers, Shane Gossesby here, Robert Hag, Brian Elliott, Alex Lyon. Whew. Yeah, they, they turned over their roster a lot, and I don't I still don't know if it's enough. They the focus here was blue line, right? Like they needed to get better defensively because whenever you played the Philadelphia Flyers, at least from an Islanders perspective, five four game probably. Mm-hmm. Four three overtime, maybe. Goals were going in. They need to, to stop the bleeding, and they're trying to do that, right? They get a good shutdown, D and Ryan Ellis, you know, maybe past his prime, but still good. They get a decent shutdown, two way ish guy in Rasmus Bristolainen, um, although, like, Matthew Barzell will just punk him day in, day out. And then they get glue, puck mover guy, Keith Yandel. We know Yandel's not going to give you anything defensively at this point. Oh, God, no. No. But that's the thing. You're bringing him to be a Nick Letty light type of thing. And by light, I mean Nick Letty at least played some sort of defense. Correct. So I don't – do you look at them as a playoff team? I don't know where to think or where, where to be with Philadelphia because to me, they addressed the issues that they had. Did they address it well? On paper, no. I, I wouldn't say bringing in Ellis, Ristolainen, and Yandel is really going to you know save the day for them. But I could be proven wrong, right? The thing is with a lot of analytics and a lot of stats is that, because that's what we have to base ourselves on to see if a fit works, is not all of it is predictive, right? A lot of it is descriptive. And so the descriptive stats on these guys don't say it's going to fix it, but maybe in the right situation and with the right players in the right system, maybe it works. I, I don't know exactly where to fit with the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm very confused because I like some of their players. I like where they're going and I like what they tried to do. Yeah, I'm just not sold that they're going to be good enough in in net. Unless Carter Hart takes a massive step forward, 
He was really bad last year, 877 and a 367. And then they brought in Martin Jones, who hasn't been good in like five years. I forgot that Carter Hart was that bad last year. How many games did he play? Uh, Like 20. Uh, sorry, I just clicked on something. 27. He started 27 games? Yeah. And had an 877. That is bad. Um, yeah, he is going to have to turn that around hard. And you're right. Bringing in Martin Jones is not going to help. So, uh, hopefully Ryan Ellis can get in nets at some point. Ken, um, I don't, I don't know. I can't, Ken, in terms of take that step forward. Like, I think he's better than a eight. What was it? Eight ninety eight. No, eight seven, eight seventy seven and three six seven. But I don't know if like at his best, is he better than a nine? 12 goalie I, he's supposed to be you would think he was a second rounder not too long ago which is pretty high for goalies usually but i don't i don't if, i don't know if he's not oh philly is such a, a goalie well, graveyard i was gonna say they've been trying to figure this out for how long forever right ron hextall dawdled with carter hart and then he had that one good year and we're going ha take that heart or hextall and then Sure enough, maybe not. Yeah, oh God. Okay, so moving on to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Not a whole lot going on there. In Brock McGinn, Danton Heinen, Dominic Simon, Michel Chaput, or Michael Chaput, Tyler Fedun, out Jared McCann, Brandon Tanev, Freddie Goodrow, Colton Sevier, Mark Jankowski, Cody Ceci, Yannick Weber, Maxim Legacy. I, I think this team is still going to be you know, somewhere in the top three of the Metropolitan. I, I Until they prove otherwise, you have to think so. I, I, I can't. I did it last year. I said, okay, this is it. This is going to be the fall. They lost uh, in the playoffs. Like, this is – it's not going to be good. But they were good again. I, I, I can't pick against them, and I won't do it. No, they're the New England Patriots of the NHL. And, and mm-hmm. by that, I mean, like, don't pick against the New England Patriots. Not for the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to win the Cup. But yeah. when you've got Sidney Crosby and Gino Malkin on your team, you're probably going to do well. I would imagine so. I, I would really think so. And they have, you know, a lot, a lot of good people. Yeah, they're old. I mean, you have Malkin's 35, Crosby's 34, Latang is 34. Are they going to be better in net, I think, is really up to them. That's going to take them as far as they go. Yeah, can, uh, what's his name, stop the Tristan Yari. high glove? Yeah, Tristan Yari. <laughs> Yari. Can he stop high glove? Because if not, there goes the season. Um, but yeah, I am i don't know, man. It's going to be... I, sorry. I don't want to bet against them, but at some point, the, the, the train has to fall off the rails here. When is that going to happen? Right. I, I, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm not going to be the one to try to predict that this year i don't i don't buy it i think they're a top three team in the division no exactly i i think so too i'm going with you on that one and, and the last one of course we're not going to do the islanders because a we don't really know and and b we kind of do know and it's preaching to the choir here uh but the washington capitals ins and outs now the as far as i saw the cap friendly depth charts did not have one yet the last one they did was six hours ago and there was a tampa bay lightning they're doing it alphabetically so they're not at washington yet but as far as we know ins vitek vanacek which is strange because he was there last year right mm-hmm. uh, out brendan dillon and it's a daniel chara possibly yeah really not a whole lot of change um again this is like the same thing rinse and repeat what i said about pittsburgh this is a team that's going to be top three somewhere in the division yeah, like you're saying, they're, they're not a lot of tr- turnover. They brought back their goal, their backup goalie that they had last year, or yeah, that yes. they sent to Seattle, but then took him back like a couple of days later. Bizarre, but yeah, Very I mean, weird. This is a this is a good team. They're a really good coach team, also, and I don't know between the uh, pick the order, but I think the top three in some capacity is going to be the Islanders, Washington, and Pittsburgh. And you kind of yeah. just, you know, pick out of a hat who finishes where. I think it'll be tight. Yeah, unless one team does, like, goes on a tear. Like, Andrews Lee is a 40-goal scorer and Matthew Barzell pots in 25-plus. Yeah, maybe the Islanders are, are, are winning the division. Or, or something terrible happens to another team, right? Like, you know, Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby are out with injuries because they're, they're getting older. They've had their injuries issues. If they're out, eh, they might not have a good season. At the same time, that is. 
No, of course. But looking at their roster, the them being the Washington Capitals, like you just you would have to anticipate that they're just it's going to be the same old, you know, close to a hundred point Washington Capitals team. Absolutely, I I one hundred percent agree with that. Unless something terrible happens, but there's no reason to suggest that that, that will be the case. There's no no COVID technically speaking. Uh, they're all supposed to be vaccinated, I think. So should, we should be having a close to full season. Yeah, uh, you know, knock on wood, absolutely. So anything Maybe else? All the Russian players don't go partying together. That would be that would be ideal. Like we gotta keep it between the boundaries here. Yep. So why don't we get into another storyline from this week? I, I liked going through the division. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but a hot button issue online this week is so supposedly next season they are introducing advertisements on the jersey. Now, don't fret. It's not going to be like covered in like a NASCAR, you know, racer uniform where it's patches all over the place. It's going to be a three inch patch on the, the chest, kind of like the NBA, from my understanding, right? A little bit bigger than the NBA, but yes. But, but it, right. It would just be one in like a top corner on the chest your your take are you outraged mitch are you where are you at with this i watch soccer and european hockey i am not outraged by a little three by 3.5 badge on the chest i don't care one bit no um i'm right there with you especially if your choices are have a three and a half inch or whatever it is logo on on the chest or have a flat cap for the foreseeable future, I'm taking the logo. Like, what are we doing here? We want the league to have revenue. We want the cap to continue to go up. We want good things for the league. But God forbid you have, I don't know, UBS on the Islanders jersey. That's that's a huge issue. Like, what are we doing here? Do we not remember the World Cup of Hockey in 2016? We had the same issues then, right? Like, oh, they're putting... A patch on the jersey? And we're all losing our minds about jerseys that we had never seen before, mind you. Mm -hmm. Losing our minds then, just as we are now. Same thing. I understand it's not the same jerseys, but the the debate is still the same. And when we saw them, we went, oh, okay, it was done tastefully. Cool. All right. Whatever. No one cared. Yeah. (laughs) No one cared. Do you remember anyone that's listening where where the ads were for those jerseys? You probably don't. No, I don't. It was on the side. It was on the side of the arm. Maybe that's why you're like, oh, I don't really care. But still, it was right there. Big blue SAP logo. No one gave a damn. Look, it doesn't really matter. I- ideally, there are no logos on the jersey. Uh, sorry. Ideally, there are no ads on the jerseys. Um, and-, and then we don't have to get to this debate. But the NHL's got to make money. And the NBA made $150 million from those. $150 million? That's, that's insane. Big difference. If that's like in the same boat of what the NHL is going to be getting from it, then why not do it? Like it's not, I could understand the argument if it was covered littered with logos, then I could say, okay, maybe, but we're talking about one logo, a three, three and a half inch logo. Like I, I really don't understand the outrage that was it really that bad on the helmets this year. Did you really notice it, Mitch? No, no. It was done tastefully. It was appropriate. It was fine. Like, I don't I don't get this. I don't even care if they're covered. I don't care. NASCAR jerseys, European hockey jerseys, I don't care. You know what what allows those European what what those ads on European jerseys allow them to do? Is pay their players a decent goddamn wage. Like what the hell are we talking the, the sanctity of the jersey. You could buy one without one. Buy one without it. That if I wanted to go buy a TPS jersey right now, I can get one without the Tempur-Pedic logo. I could just get the, the TPS one. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about? Same thing with the NBA. What are we... Like, this is just for the on-air broadcast. What do you care? But I feel like no one at, at first, and of course, there was outrage about the logos being put onto the NBA jerseys. But now, like, you don't really notice them. It's small. And I know we're saying that the... The one on the NHL jersey is going to be a little bit bigger, not, you know, anything massive, but we're talking about a tank top versus a long sleeve jersey. Like, it's not going to be a drastic difference. The one argument that I keep seeing, and this is the easy one, it's the stupid one to make, like, well, this is just a slippery slope. What happens next? We do this and then what? 
Like, can we stop with that? Instead of just saying, then what? Why don't you come up with a better solution? Right? If you don't like this, and that's fine. You don't have to like it. But don't be like, we shouldn't do it because I don't like it. Okay, well, how do you expect this league to start making a little bit more money? When you consider how much the NHL relies on getting butts in seats compared to the other leagues, it's like 30 to 40% of their revenue is tied directly to gate receipts. Every other league is between 15 and 25%, and the MLB is on the higher portion of that one. Yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. Right? Like we we the NHL needs 10% to 15%. And it needs 30, almost half of its total revenue is from getting people to seats. And over the last two years, we couldn't do that. And now we're complaining because like, well, there's going to be a three by three and a half thing on my jersey. Oh, God, we'll never get rid of it. No, we probably won't. This is a reality that we have to live with unless you come up with a better, more creative solution to generate more money. I don't hear any debate saying like, well, we should do this instead. No, it's just I don't like it. Come on now. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing. Like, if you had a legitimate uh, idea that you would throw out there instead, then fine. But you're right; we haven't seen any legitimate ideas. It's all the you know, I like the purity of the jersey without it. It's like, come come on, what like what what's the big deal? Like, yes, we all like the pure, clean jerseys. Of course, we do. I, but like in the re, in the climate that we're in, the economic climate that we're in, again, no one could go to games for two years, which is thirty-five to forty percent of the NHL's revenue. They need to make that up somehow and immediate, right? Like gambling's going to do it. Bringing in another team does it, yes. right? The cap is going up a million, but that's only so much. That's not sustainable. No, maybe gambling, but certainly not the six hundred million to what is it? Almost eight hundred that they got from Seattle. Right, but that's the thing. You have to get creative at this point in order to start making money back. And I don't, I'm okay with it. Do this and more. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. Do more so you don't have to rely on these. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it is to uh, open up these markets. I'm not a good salesman. I don't know what would generate more money, but the NHL definitely has to do it. Is it an HBO broadcast, right? Sell the rights to, to HBO so that they can broadcast, have their own color commentators going on, and you can hear what's happening on the ice. That would be sick. Right? So, like, that's not, you know, PG-13 type of thing they're talking about on the ice. Of course, players have to be careful what they say still because, like, some of these guys are, um, you know, not saying mm, nice things. Yep. But you get an R-rated version. Yeah, people will pay for that. And you get different commentators doing it, like your favorite whatever broadcast or personalities. Broadly, You can listen Snoop talk about hockey for 60 minutes or two hours. Who's not going to sign up for that? Of course. No, no, there are there are other things that they should explore, and that's one of them. I, th- I think that's a really good idea in today's world. That they should look more into streaming, too. Yeah, absolutely. And because they're not, they have to rely on these. They're not very creative. We know that about the NHL. And until they do, they're going to rely on these, you know, riding the coattails of the NBA and other leagues. Maybe that's why they brought in that TikTok kid. (laughs) God, what the hell has he done so far? Uh, Let's uh, put a patch. If he did this, oh, my God, please (laughs) tell me it was him. People are going to be so mad if it was that kid. Unbelievable. So yeah, I'm not. I don't care one one lick. You either don't. No, care. it doesn't. That doesn't bother me. Now, it, it, if if it means that we are able to retain our team next year because the NHL is healthy financially, cool. Yeah. What if it was? What's the alternative? What is like? Well, we gotta lower the salary cap by two million dollars. So um, every team is screwed now. Yeah. So you're gonna have to sell off players. New Jersey just got a whole lot better. So did Ottawa. <laughs> That's true. Oh uh, boy. Anything else on this topic or beating it to death? No, I think it's be- beating it to death-ish, but like it's not it's not going to go away. We're going to hear this for years. Like, Anyways, just I don't care. I watch European hockey, and I don't even care then. There you go. How about down on the farm, Mitch? I, I feel like we have a lot to get into there. Yeah, there's a few things I want to get to. There's two players I want to talk about specifically, and it's Aturatu being one of them. Uh, he had a game just yesterday. They got spanked if you look at the score line so uh jyp beat uh carpot 5-1 um alexi melanin's on the other side of that um but aturatu was one of the shining lights for carpot i thought 
They didn't play terribly, Karpat did. Their goalie did not help them at all, but he's not their first string guy anyway, so it's whatever it is, it is what it is. But he led in like at least three soft ones. At least. But we're not here to talk about the goalie. Aturatu played like over 15 minutes. He was the sixth, seventh most utilized forward on the team, which makes sense. Third line center. There you go. Uh, put up an assist and five shots on goal. Okay. Uh, five shots. I mean, that's. He had the puck a lot. He was busy. He did. And he skated well, man. I don't know what that. I said that in my video today. Like, I don't know if this is a thing going forward. But to me, it looked like this kid gained a step. Like, he looked a little bit faster than usual. That's good. That's really damn good. And maybe that's just, like, a confirmation bias on my okay. part. Like, I'm looking for it, so I'm, I'm finding the one place where he is, he is doing that. But, man, everything looks good so far with Aturatu. That's a great and, sign. And he just signed. And he just signed, right? So, like, and to anyone asking, that doesn't matter. Like, they will not burn a year on his deal. He's not going to burn a year on his deal for another couple of years still. Yeah. So at anything, all this does is it brings his cap hit down, which is already low because he's not that, even at the max 925. Oh, he's not? I thought he did get 925. Oh, maybe he did. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm pretty sure he got less than that because he wasn't a first-round pick. So Lula Amaral is just got kind of dangling that over his head. Um, where am I here? Aturatu, yeah, 859-167. Oh, okay is the cap hit. And he's got performance bonuses and signing bonuses involved there, but um, yeah. Even better. I would take him at a less than $900,000 cap hit. Right, and that's just going to take that same, the the total value and then spread it over at least four years now. If he even gets the NHL next year, which is probably not going to be the case in a Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz team. No, yeah, you're probably two, three years away. Yeah. Unless he just destroys the Liga this year, but I'm not so sure depending on seeing how Carpot has played. Still preseason, so we've got some time. The other player I wanted to bring up was the guy on the other end of the ice, Alexi Melanin. Man, I'm really liking his game a lot. Okay, that's good. Kid can move the puck. Kid can see the ice. Um, he's not getting a ton of minutes. I think he got 13 or so odd minutes, 13.56 against Carpot uh, the other day. So he's bottom six, but he's trending in the right direction. There's a lot to like in this kid's game. Yeah, you really you've talked him up a lot. I feel like, but not in like a biased way, but like just that he's been you know impressive. That's all. Yeah, keep in mind he's a sixth round pick, right? Like, yeah, there, there's something to this. This could very well be a, a Robin Sala type player. He still needs to figure things out, but he's young. He's got time. Robin Sala's only 22 years old, mind you, right? Like he's not very old either. This kid is 18. So in four years' time, do we see this kid turn into Robin Sallow? Probably. Well, sorry, be- I shouldn't say probably. It's possible. Okay, I'll take it. And then the last thing is, we saw Scott Wheeler's top 50 prospects, and that got Isles Twitter all upset, and uh, I don't get it. No, of, of course. Did, did you think that they were going to have a top 50 prospect? No, I looked to make sure we didn't. I the, the, my, Going into it, I was going, there's no way we have one in there. But let's see. Maybe he's, for some reason, really, really high on Simon Holmstrom. Or his love of Robin Salo, because Scott Wheeler really likes Robin Salo. His love of Robin Salo just went through the roof. And, of course, it did not. But I don't understand why people were mad at that. I don't get, like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't be competing for cups and have... A, a slew of top 50 prospects in the NHL. That's just not how it no, works. No, it doesn't work that way. I didn't I didn't look, but I would imagine it's the teams that aren't really competitive right now probably have the most of those guys. They do. And most teams have at least one in there, right? I think there's maybe four teams that didn't have a player on the, in the, in that top 50, and the Islanders were one of them. Um, and it's most of them, even Boston, right, had one in there. It's just... Look, the Islanders had one in that list last year. They should have had two last year in Noah Dobson and Oliver Wallstrom. They didn't make this year's list because they're NHL regulars. Yeah, they're they're not eligible. So, like, what are we complaining about? Like, our top guys are in the NHL. (laughs) That's where you want them. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I don't know. Are we mad that Kiefer Bellows didn't make the list? Like, what's the... I don't understand. So the, the, the couple of points of recourse I can see from Islanders fans here is Kiefer Bellows isn't on the list, and that's not a good thing for us. True. 
Um, Simon Holmstrom isn't on the list, and a guy picked immediately after him in Philip Tomasino is. Okay, fair. That's it. That's the only possible criticism you can have for that. Um, but outside of that, like, what are we complaining about? Even then, those things aren't really complain-worthy because the Islanders are still competing for Stanley Cups, and most of these teams aren't. It's very true. And I don't know many people who are very high on the Simon Holmstrom pick to begin with. So, like, was, are you going to be like, oh, I, you know, I didn't like this pick. This was a reach. and then, But at the same time, he has to be a top 50 prospect. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, am I missing something, Mitch? No, you're not. And look, I think it was second or third was Owen Powers. You should go read it if you haven't yet. It's great. It's a great resource. Scott Wheeler does a really good job in compiling this all down. Uh, I think second was like Owen Powers for Buffalo. Okay. He might not even play at the NHL next year. So, like, what are we mad about? Like, these guys have top-end players going into their future. Yeah, I was sure in hell hope so. If they didn't, there'd be a bigger problem here. <laughs> That's true. Right? Like, there's a whole. I did a whole video on this, and, like, the first thing that came up in my mind was where the Islanders are in their cycle. The Islanders are cup contenders, right? And when you're a cup contender you're not necessarily bringing up the best prospect pool in the NHL. But they did that for how long? Like in the early 2010s, that's what it was all about. How many, you know, multiple first rounders did they have? 20, 10, 11, 14. Yeah. Right. right? Like, so like they've had their, when you're not competing, when you're losing, that's when you're bringing in those top prospects. And yes, there's finding guys in, in, in the later rounds, but there's a possibility for that, that the Islanders find useful players in the later rounds and turn them into something. William Tzfuel is the one that I've got my eye on, right? That That's a fifth-round pick that can turn into something. Alexi Melanin, like I just mentioned, there's something to like there. And they picked Aturatu in the second round, and we're going like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm growing very high on his game. I swear to God he's going to turn into something. I think so. I I, very, I agree with you. I don't know if he's going to play center at the next level because it seems like there's a logjam there for the foreseeable future, but um, I think he's NHL talent for sure. He is. And I, I think he's NHL center talent, like top six center talent. We'll see. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm falling in love with his game, and it's it's mm, the more I watch, the more I like. Who knows? Maybe by the time he's NHL ready, Brock's ready to move back to the wing. Right, exactly. So... We'll see, but good things on the on, on the farm. I I don't have to please don't don't come at me and say like I'm worried that they don't have a top fifty prospect. There's nothing to worry about. Oh boy. Uh shall we get to the quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. Every week there's a mystery New York Islander for you at home and you on the microphone, Matt, to guess. You have five clues. They get progressively easier as we go. I'm ready. Uh, you, eventually, it reveals a mystery New York Islander, someone who's played for the New York Islanders and has nothing to do with the show episode or anything else. It's just something that comes into my head, and I pick five clues on that player. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. One, I was a first-round pick. That could be almost anyone, so I'm going to say next. <laughs> Two, I should have been a late Maybe, sorry, a late first or maybe a second round pick. Simon Holmstrom. Incorrect, but good guess. He hasn't played a game for the New York Islanders. Oh, but yep. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Three. I put up 81 points with the Islanders. So in all of my games with the Islanders, I've put up 81 points. Um, uh, next. My draft was Garth Snow was Garth Snow's best. Even if he took me in the first half, remember he shouldn't have gone in the first half, and he traded up to get me. So traded think of up. Garth Snow's best best draft. I don't know why I couldn't say those words altogether. Oh, um, oh, Kamen Dahan. Yes, sir. There we go. 2009 was a good draft for Garth Snow. Yes. Fifth clue: Mitch and I aren't great friends. <laughs> I missed that. Um, so it came up, Calvin came up on my timeline today because we're having an election here in, in Canada and um, it started and he retweeted some, like one of the worst members of parliament that we have, Pierre Polivievre. I hate that member of parliament. I've met him and I loathe him so much. He's such, he's the worst, the worst. And Calvin retweeted him and I was immediately disappointed because I respected Calvin a lot more than I lead on. 
Gotcha. Okay. So we we okay. So differing differing opinions with Calvin on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bummer, but that's why he came up because I saw his name and I put him in the quiz. There we go. Let's get to the social segment for today. What's going around on Islanders Twitter? Mitch, what do you got for us? First one here comes from uh, Rina. So that's uh, Rina. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. At Brock's Belt 71. So I quite literally bleed orange and blue or bled orange and blue today. And she I, she yeah, got a uh, New York Islanders tattoo. That's pretty awesome. It's the Lolo the crest and like bubbles of blue and, and orange. It's pretty dope. I love it. Yeah, it looks like almost it's like paint drops, almost the right word for like what's around it. Yeah, absolutely. I I really I really really like it. It's right there on her forearm, like right under the uh, the elbow type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, in, inside the arm, obviously not where the actual elbow is, on the other side. So like r- pretty prominent place to put a tattoo. I love it. Love it. Love me it some tattoos. Good. Islanders tattoos, awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. I saw that on Twitter as well. Good job. Um, My first one comes from Andy Strickland, and he says, told the St. Louis Blues are not an option for future Hall of Famer Zdeno Chara. His focus, if he plays, will be to stay in the East to remain close to his family. So we could just assume that he's an Islander at this point, right? (laughs) What is it? Past, current, and future New York Islanders Zdeno Chara? I guess, right? Is he not the ghost of Christmas past, future, and present for us? I would, yes. Literally, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm not banking on it, because like I've said before, that makes our blue line pretty damn old on the the left. But the poetry of having Zidane Ochara back, I just, I can't resist. That would be super cool. It would be cool. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I don't know if he could play a second pair of minutes anymore, but maybe. Maybe that just means like 25 minutes a night for Adam Pellick. Maybe and look, if if Noah Dobson is learning from Zidane Ochara, there are a few better people to learn from. That's a fact, right? And like most of those guys are retired. It's like Bobby Orr and Denny Podfay. <laughs> yes, right. Nicholas Lindstrom. Like those three of the guys that are probably better to learn from than Zidane Ochara. Yeah, there's not. It's not a much longer list. No, exactly. Uh, my next one comes from Jen at NHL History Girl. Who says you're handed a single do-over for any GM move in your team's history? Just one. What do you choose? So I ask you, Matt, what do you choose? So I'm the GM and I get to reverse like a a trade. That's that's the anything. Just a GM move could be a signing, could be a trade, could be anything. Whatever they've done. The fisherman logo, I'm sure, is something high on some people's lists. I don't. I, I'm not sure that's a GM decision. I would reverse the Roberto Luongo trade. Yeah, I thought about that too. And I thought in, once I tweeted that people would go like, Mark, Mark Parrish was so useful. Okay, sure. But so was UC Jokinen. Sorry, Ole Jokinen and, and Roberto Luongo, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. So th- that's the one that sticks out to me. Um, what did you have? I had Don Maloney hiring Mike Milbury. Okay. Yeah. That then you. Yeah. You really just chopped the head off the snake. I, I like that move. Right. That's where I went with Mike Milbury. He eventually replaced Don Maloney within a couple of months. Did he not? I'd have to go back and look, but I think you're right. I think he was hired in like June, and then like six months later, he was a you know the GM. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a much better answer than mine. And the funny thing is, they overpaid Mike Milbury to be the coach. Like he was the highest paid coach in the NHL at that point. Why? For what? Off what merit? I, he had coached at that point, I think, the Boston Bruins. but but So they were bringing in someone with experience. I guess. But they were paying him a lot. I, I, I had the article, and I'm going to find it maybe a little bit later. Maybe I'll write something about it. I think it was like $4 million. I could be wrong, because that sounds like... A that, year? That's what Barry Trotz is making now. That's high but, for someone now. Yeah, let me find... I, I have it here now. Um, oh, come on. No, I don't want to subscribe. God, New York Times. You let me look at it earlier, and now you won't. There we go. I'm going to have to post something later about it, because New York Times is being funny with me. It wants me to give them money, and I I, I don't have no, the money to give them. We're not doing that. So what about you? What's, what's, what's your next one? My last one comes from NHL Collection 
on uh, Instagram, and they list players who are due for a breakout next season. And coming in at number seven on their list, Oliver Wallstrom. Do you buy that? What are we talking about breakout here? Like what would... Mm, I would say like a 20-plus goal year would be a, a breakout. I know that he was on pace for that, but um, he only played in like 40-something games. So um, that in my eyes, that's what it would be. That's my benchmark. Yeah, then yes. I 100% agree with you. Sweet. <laughs> so, sorry, it's five-year deal. I, I'm just finding it again. A five-year okay. deal in $4 million range. So just under a million dollars per year. Okay. But at the time, that was a lot of money. Right, this is 1995 we're talking about. Yeah. Is there anyone else that you can see breaking out for the Islanders? Dobson? I feel like no. Yes. I would say more so. I would bet on, between the two, I would bet on Wallstrom being like a more quote-unquote impact guy for this team. I think he's just going to put up more numbers. And so that's going to you know, draw the eye a lot quicker than it is with Noah Dobson with all due respect. But I think Noah Dobson is going to have to, I mean, not have to, but will take a step in the right direction because he's going to be cast in a bigger role. He will. No, he definitely will. And I'm not like an anti Noah Dobson guy. I, I just, I think that Walsham, he's going to put in goals and that's going to catch the eye. Yeah. Well, he's Canadian. Noah Dobson is. So that's why you hate him. You went with the American. <laughs> yeah. That was also part of it. This <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. My last one here is from NHL at NHL. I think we all know who they are. And they say, and discuss for some reason with a downward pointing emoji. Okay. And it says, who is the best defenseman entering the 21-22 season? Kale McCarr. I'm reading these names backwards for a reason. Okay. Miro Heiskanen, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, Aaron Ekblad. Aaron Ekblad. Right? It's not to say that Eric Ekblad is bad, but the best defenseman in the NHL? What are we on about here? Aaron Ekblad. Right? I thought the same thing. Like, that is what hell of a pull you guys got there. You didn't go Dougie Hamilton. You didn't go even Drew Doughty, which is, you know, I guess to their credit. Um, but my man Adam Pellix here going like, the hell do I have to do to be up there? I... Uh, shut the elite man. I'm not going to put up the numbers these guys are, but I'm going to stop these guys from putting up their numbers. That's for damn sure. That's Aaron Eckblad. I feel like he's been in the league forever. He's only 25. I yeah, that's another thing, right? He's what 2012 first round pick, first overall. 2014. 2014. Uh, all right, that the year before McDavid. Yeah, yeah. That's it's very strange, but it does feel like he's been around forever. Not a good year last year, if I remember correctly. The team played well. No, he but... was pretty good. 22 points in 35 games, 11 goals. Okay, all right. Then I'm missing something here. I I still wouldn't put him as the best defenseman entering the league. No, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. He's solid. He's, a, he's very, very good. I'm not – I would like him on my team any day. I'll take him, but um, I, I, he wouldn't be in that conversation for me. No, not in the top five at all. No. Uh, so before we go, we should probably get some plugs in here, Mitch. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to give us subscribe, rating, review. All that stuff really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support from you guys. As for social media, we're on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY, and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could find us on the fan-sided app. Or you can go to the website, eyesonisles.com, find us there. And uh, last but not least, maybe check out that uh, Patreon where five bucks a month gets you a whole lot of bonus content. For example, mailbag show, which we'll be recording next, post-game shows during the regular season. In the off-season, you get deep dives on topics. You have a group chat on Discord. There's a whole lot going on. Yeah, on the mailbag today, one of the questions are, what is the weirdest conversation I've ever had with an animal? I, specifically me. <laughs> well, yeah. Apparently, we found out on another Patreon episode that Mitch talks to animals frequently. <laughs> it's what? Yeah. Anyways, it's a whole inside thing. If you want to know more behind it, go to the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash eyes on aisle. Subscribe today. Join the 151, is it? 151 patrons, buddy. Woo! There you go. That's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.